Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? <laughs> that was so enthusiastic, girl. Um, nothing, girl. Chilling, drinking my, you know, last glass of wine. Um, girl, I try to go to the grocery store. It, and you know me. I'm like an old person. I like to go to the grocery store. The first person in there, as soon yeah. as they open up. And they had their wine section. So I'm just, you know, putting a bottle of wine in my cart. The man said, ma'am, we don't sell alcohol before 12. Oh, yeah, on Sundays. I hate that. So I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. And so now I'm on my last class. But I'm going to have to make that little store run um, this weekend probably. But <laughs> that's pretty much it. What are you doing? Girl, so I'm kind of like on this semi, like, healthy health kick. So I have ordered um, these um, like fruit juices and these vegetable juices from this business, Magnolia Juice. Shout out to them because I really just wanted to try it and I kind of wanted to cleanse and detox. Disclaimer, not because I want to lose weight or anything before y'all come for me, um, but because I wanted, I'm trying to be conscious about finding like a healthier balance, you know? Yeah. And so I tried these juices or whatever, and I definitely recommend that you try and they were really good. First and foremost, they cleaned and detoxed me. I feel a lot more um, clear-headed. And they were really good. And it's a, I was reading up on it, and it's a really good way to get your fruits and vegetables if you find different recipes. So your girl is out here being an adult. And I bought a juicer the other day, and I'm so excited for it to come into from Amazon. So next time I see you, friend, I'm going to need you to try some of these juice recipes that I got. Oh, because Why I need you to be my... try something. <laughs> Because, friend, uh, but no, for they were really good. But if you don't try mine, you should try the magnolia juice or whatever. Like, they were really good. She was super sweet. She was super professional. She was on her stuff. We stand a black woman that is on her stuff. Yeah. We stand a black woman that got her shit together and her business together and is doing the damn thing. So, shout out to you, sis. Like, she was so we cool. do. Yeah. I'd be interested in seeing what that'd be like. <laughs> so, Girl. Oh, you know what else, friend, that I just realized? What? No, for I literally just realized when I looked at my calendar, this is the first. So this is around the this is around the time that we would be at Essence. This is the first time in four years that we are not out there looking at beautiful black men, <laughs> living, living our best life in the most like I feel like Essence is the most blackity black black oh. like blacky black 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 event. And this is I feel like this I think this is the first time in their twenty five year. This would have been a twenty six year. In their 26-year history, that they had to cancel the whole thing. How are you feeling about it? Because I feel some type of way. Like I'm upset, <laughs> but I'm also, um, like I I'm upset because number one, that's like a huge festival. It's a huge deal for the city of New Orleans. And it brings I in a lot of money. That's like one of my favorite places. I could visit there every year. Like I love it. Yeah. Um. So I'm upset about it because obviously for the circumstances that it's canceled, but then it's like, do you know how lit it would have been, especially with all of the matter movement and how we just, you know, real pro black, 
you know, and it's like how much it was, it's already lit, but 10 times yeah. more lit. Okay. We would have probably started to riot down there. Like I'm not even gassing us up. Like, Ooh, it is man. Yeah. It always happens around July 4th and man, that is just, but you know what? That's okay. Cause I feel like when Essence come back around, they going to come back 10 times harder when they come back. They don't have to, cause I'm gonna be in there swinging, um, swag <laughs> surfing, leaning to the left, drop, pop, lock, and drop it, drop it like it's hot, toot that thing up, Harlem shake, whatever the dance they got. That's just you, we just be tired, but we be we be in there everywhere. Yes, but I but you know I, they're supposed to come back in 2021, and I think I feel like we should have a vaccine by then, cause that's the only way that I'm going. Um, but I don't know, I guess for me, it was just like really sad because like, like you said, like this is something for the culture. Like this is an event for us, by us, that literally celebrates like black culture and black people. And that's the one time during the weekend where everybody family. Girl, I swear every time Frankie Mays and Beverly pops out, we all family because we all out here electric. So how do black people just know when that song comes on that we electric sliding in union? Everybody talking about which way we going. (laughs) <laughs> we going this way, and I will never forget. I was thinking about this the other day, friend. You remember when you swag surf for your life? <laughs> <laughs> so you just gonna put me out there, like? <laughs> yeah, Erica. Let me tell you something. So Erica, let me put this out there. I love my friend, but Erica, she, she when she dances, she'll give you a little one, two step, a little twist, a little pop. You know, <laughs> she'll give it to you in increments. You know what I mean, Erica? <laughs> Erica. <laughs> I'm telling you, Tay, I'm telling the truth, right? Erica, am I lying or am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth. I'm <laughs> you do. You give, it, you give it to us in increments, Erica. You do. But Essence is the one event that you just really give your all. And there was one time that we went to this party, and Erica really gave her all. <laughs> and I realized that she gave her all when, so they played Swag Surf. But the DJ came back and was like, and we're going to do it one more time. Just like that. Erica swag surf for her life. <laughs> Two times. Like, if I was dying and Erica had to swag surf for me, I would have lived. <laughs> That's how hard she swag surfed. And Erica, I just can't wait to see that Erica again. Because I was so impressed. You know and, then we got back, and then we got back to the room. This bitch talking about I'm hot and I'm choking. Bitch, no, you're not. <laughs> You done did all that and swag stuff for your life. But now you hot. You know what pissed me off is that it was supposed to have been filmed and we were in the front row and we never saw the footage. <laughs> yeah, that footage was lit because when I tell you we were in unison and that lady with the church hat was by you. <laughs> oh, I'm cr- I am literally, I have tears in my eyes. I wish y'all could have saw Erica swag surf for her life oh, because she was. No. I mean, just serious. Like, y'all, I didn't even go to an HBCU, but I feel like I'm at an HBCU when Swag Surf comes on. Ooh. <laughs> that was, we never found that video, y'all. We never. I looked for that video, and I'm one of the people that can find the video. I never found that video because we were literally so lit. I had to put my whole head, I had to put my weave in a ponytail. Yes, I had them really long box braids just swinging from left to right. Left to right. And then I knew Erica was going to do the damn thing because when it came on, she started warming up like, which way we going? We got to go with that. I said, I I said, how old is this woman? (laughs) This is not the Erica that I know. 
But I just said, friend, like, if my life depended on it, you would have saved my life because you swag stuff for your life. And I never told you this, Erica, but I was really proud to stand beside you as your friend. <laughs> One thing about New Orleans, you will swag surf and you will uh, electric slide. Okay. You're going to have to. You're not black. And then everybody just come up talking to you like, hey, we just. Oh, that was funny. That was a really fun part. I'm sorry, friend. That hurt me. I totally forgot about that until I just said it. I mean, but I'm you do, friend. You give it to us in increments, and that's okay. That's your personality. <laughs> First of all, when we go to Essence, it really is like a big family reunion. Even though you don't know everybody, but the culture is just, it's beautiful to see, like, our people, you know? And so that's yeah. it's like the big celebration. Um, everybody having a good time. And then the culture of New Orleans, like as far as their food and their music, like we would just walk down Bourbon Street and just go into these random spots and just start electric slide. Just walk in. Yeah. Electric yeah. Slide. <laughs> good times. Essence 2021. Maybe we'll see you next year. Maybe we won't, but hopefully we will. But whoo, that one hurt. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, I know. Well, let's get into our first segment of the day, which is dating and relationships. So today we're going to be talking about traditional dating versus modern dating. So Shelby, are you more of a traditional or are you more of a modern person when it comes to dating? So first, what are some examples of traditional and what are some examples of modern? So I'll read some to us. So example, women shooting their shot is an example of a modern versus the man pursues the woman that would be traditional another thing would be a texting relationship modern versus calling that's traditional another example would be next netflix and chill would be modern versus being courted out on several dates that's more traditional another example of modern would be online dating versus the traditional way of meeting in person. So Shelby, which one are you? Are you more traditional? Are you more modern? What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a more traditional dater. Um, and I say that because I find that um, a lot of men, they all they always want to be like the alpha male, right? They always want to lead. They always want you to submit to them in different things like this. This is my philosophy. Let me tell y'all. Y'all didn't ask, but I'm about to give it to y'all real. I'm more of a traditional dater because I prefer more of a man that is a leader and I feel like for me if I'm going out here and I'm pursuing him and I'm letting him you if I'm if I'm sitting here shooting my shot and I know some people do it and that's fine that's you that's not me don't come for me but (laughs) as for me in my house okay um but I just feel like if I'm sitting out here and I'm shooting my shot and I'm sitting out here and I'm you know Netflixing and chilling with you and all this stuff I'm setting the precedent that a I'm not really being intentional when I'm dating you, but a I'm I'm setting the precedent the precedence in leading you, and that's never something that I want to do. I just feel like, in my opinion, this is me in my house, okay? Me, I just feel like if I set if I start the quote relationship off and I'm leading and I'm pursuing, then what do I need you for? Right. Because I just feel like if you want to lead and be a man that you need to be more traditional in courting me and pursuing me and calling me and hanging out with me and setting dates and doing all these things. Because here's the thing, you can't pick the parts. If you want to lead and you want to be all these different things, you can't pick the parts that you want to lead in. I need you to start off leading me. I need you to start off setting the president. I need you to start off letting me know what it is. Because here's the thing about me. I'm an overthinker. 
So in dating and with men, men have to be very direct with me. Yeah. They have to get to the point. You literally have to say, Shelby, I like you. Shelby, we dating. Shelby, we together. You got to be real clear with me because you can't leave no gray area with me. And I just feel like I'm more traditional because I prefer that type of dude. Now, I don't want anybody that's controlling or manipulative or different things like that. I think that that's way off. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that I want to eventually, and this is hard because I am a very independent type of woman. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I'm going to get it done whether you contribute or not. So I'm always going to be able to carry my own. But I do one day when I get married want to have somebody that I can trust to lead me, to help me make decisions that I can submit to. But I feel like for me, in order to do that, I need you to do that from the beginning. I think that, because I, I hear a lot of men say this, well, I need somebody that's going to let me lead and I need somebody that's going to trust me and I need somebody that's going to submit to me. But sir, you let her chase you and do all your dirty work. What did you do? Right. So if you're going to lead me and you want to do that thing, start off doing that. Because I, Shelby Brennan Cummins, am not going to take you seriously if you're still not here playing. I'm just not. So I would say I'm more of a traditional dater. But I think for me, obviously, once we get in a relationship, I don't know you. I think that I definitely um, lighten up and I become more modern. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we together. We didn't been together for a while. Okay, we can Netflix and chill. Okay, we didn't been together. Okay, you know, you can text me some. You know, you can text me some. Like, we can, like, mix it up. But I got to get to know you first. But I think for me, and starting off, I'm very more traditional. And I think sometimes that throws me. Yes. Uh, for me, I'm definitely more traditional. Um, I'd rather meet in person. I'd rather be courted out on dates. I'd rather you call. I'd rather you pursue me. However, I feel like modern ways of dating have made it harder for people that are more traditional. So, for example, like, I remember I've tried online dating before, and it was just, it just didn't work out for me. But I felt like throughout that, throughout the online dating, it was, it wasn't as much, it didn't take as much effort to talk to somebody, approach somebody, ask them out on a date, text them, call them, whatever. So when you meet, it takes a little bit more effort if you see someone in person to actually go up to that woman or or come up to me and introduce yourself and, you know, say whatever you want to say. And then also with Netflix and chill, I feel like a lot of people, you know, obviously (laughs) pre-quarantine, they think that that is like a date. Oh, yeah, he invited me over, so I'm just going to go over there. We're going to chill and watch a movie. Okay, that's cool when you already locked in, okay? But when you're not, and you're in your dating phase, and you're in the getting to know each other phase, what is, like, what is uh, going out on dates? And I feel like women that are more traditional that require that have a harder time. Oh, I guess maybe just have a harder time with men that are more modern, I guess. Or men that are used to dating girls that are more modern, have the more modern dating mindset. Um, yeah. Just like with calling versus texting. Um, and then I'm definitely not going to shoot my shot I I would be more so of the person to let you know if I'm interested in subtle in subtle ways but I'm not I'm definitely not going up to you and shooting my shot like I'm not doing it um I think you nailed it on the head when you were just like um that being more traditional is something that needs to start off that way and then when you go when you're like more into 
like I said, more locked in. It's cool to text. It's cool to Netflix and chill and things like that. Um, I've just always been more traditional. I don't even know where that came from. Maybe it's just how I was raised. I don't know. But I've never been like, I've seen women propose to their man. Like, oh, no. Because like you said, Shelby, you have, if you want the man to lead, first of all, can you lead me on a date? Okay. Can you do that? (laughs) So that's important. Like if you really want the man to lead, allow that man to lead. And I feel like men are natural, like hunters or whatever. Like they want to go after the woman and they, um, and so if you don't, if you don't give them no chance to do that, they going to take it. You know, they're not going to be like, oh no, I want a chance to chase you. Nah. If you come after them, they're going to take it. So (laughs) I just feel like we have to have that, um, that, that open dialogue with like, if you want them to lead, allow them to do that. And to me, leading more traditional because a lot of women want to jump in front of the man. Oh, I'll just do everything. Well, you're not leaving him anything for him. There's nothing for him to do now. He, he, yeah. (laughs) I think, um, I think so. I think we both already knew that we had very pretty much the same opinion. Um, But when I think about this, I think that a lot of times women or men or whatever, I think a lot of times people do more modern dating because they feel like, okay, and you tell me what you think. I think this is one of the reasons. I feel like people do more modern dating, and I've done this, so I'm not going to speak on nothing that I ain't done, okay? Um, Is that we think, oh, if I could just, give him a piece of me or if he could just get to know me a little bit more or if I could just show him what he could have then you know he gonna fall for me and we gonna be together but I think sometimes we mess ourselves up because he sees that he can get the milk without buying the cow and when he realizes that he can do that then why would he go back and be more traditional so I think that you really have to set the president and I think that has really hurt and I think sometimes like I, I want people to know that if you've been more tra- if you've been more modern and you want to be traditional, you have every right, you know, to do that. I think if you're already in a relationship, I think it's going to be harder, but I think that it can that it's doable. But let's say that you've ended a relationship, I think it's pretty much I think it's definitely okay. Like okay, let's say you did this modern way and you didn't like it. I think that in your next experience, it's totally fine for you to be more traditional and for you to be intentional and for you to set boundaries because I think that you're less likely to have a soul tie and you're less likely to just be together to be together. You know what I mean? Or just to just have sex to have sex, if that makes sense. I think that when you're more traditional, I think that that allows you to both be on the same page and for you both to have conversations and to be intentional and to get to know each other on a friend level. Because when you are more traditional in dating, like in allowing a guy to court you and pursue you and when I say that I'm not saying that a guy is gonna hit you up a thousand times or chase you that's definitely not what I'm saying because I don't believe in that mm-hmm. I believe that and this is just a, my Ebonics version okay Shelby Brennan's Ebonics version but when I think of somebody pursuing me I think of somebody actively deciding that they want to date me and that they are intentional about getting to know me and my character and my values and my vision that we are trying to figure out when you're courting or pursuing me, we're trying to figure out, okay, should we officially date and should we take that further? That's what pursuing and courting means to me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when you do that, 
you really get to know the character of a person and you really get to see if you both are aligned and equally yoked because at the end of the day like if you're not and I say this all the time you could be a good person but just because you're a good person don't mean you're my person and I don't have time to waste time and I try not to put um time boundaries on stuff because we already talked about it our plans are not God's plans yada 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 but at the same time I want to get to the money and know if we're compatible you know and if we being real when you talk to somebody and you really get and when you take a lot of stuff out of it and you just get to that person sometimes you be like oh no this ain't it or oh no this ain't my person or oh no maybe we're better off as friends but you have to give yourself the opportunity to do that and you have to be intentional and I think for me traditionally dating just works more but I will say that I don't think a lot of men are being made to traditionally date Yes, I just for my personal experiences, I agree with that, too. I think you said something important about um, like a woman feels maybe some women feel like if they just give him a piece of her, like he's going to show her him. And it's like there's absolutely nothing that you can do to make this man want you more or less. You know what I'm saying? It's like if a man wants you, you'll know and he's going to pursue you to do that there's definitely a difference between pursue and chase like you were saying to me when you chase in a woman it's like she has no interest in you and you're just trying to like see if you can conquer the challenge but if you're pursuing it's like there's a mutual interest I feel like um and so I have had conversations with some of my friends like you have to know your worth whether you're traditional dating or modern dating you have to know your worth. So there's nothing, don't ever feel like you're not worthy enough of whichever one you want. If you want modern, if you want traditional. There, like I was saying before, like if you know your worth or you know your value, there's nothing that you have to do more of or less of for this man. If he wants mm-hmm. you, he'll come get you, period. So that's that on that. And that may be a traditional way of thinking. For more modern people, they probably feel like, like you were saying, like, oh, if I just show him this, like we've always said, Shelby, it doesn't matter if you know how to cook the best food, if you know how to lay it down the best. If you're, if he don't want you, he don't want you. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's not about that. And that's why yeah. it's so important why we said that building a friendship first, because once you have a friendship, you have a connection. So once you have that emotional connection first, and then you bring all the other stuff into it, you're much more likely to sustain that relationship, whether you're traditional dating or modern dating. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't see myself. I did try the online dating or the modern way, and it just wasn't for me. I was like, mm, girl, me neither. I downloaded like a dating app for forty eight hours, and I was over. Even Eric was like, friend. I was like, look, that's all I had in me to give. Yeah, um, it wasn't for me, and that's okay. And I think you hit on it. I just think that at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you and whatever type of dating. But don't be afraid to stand on whatever you say and whatever you want. Like, don't give in because that's what the other person wants. Like, do what you want to do. Do what's comfortable for you because you got to live with yourself. Yes, exactly. I agree 100%. Um, so let's move on to our journey segment where we discuss how our journey to building all things melanin is going. So today, uh, let's discuss the challenges of having to work separately during this pandemic situation so for example it's like how have we how are we working separately with collabs or even recording podcasts and just what are 
ways we've worked around those challenges um, from our normal ways of like working together. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna start by saying that pre-COVID. Me and, me and Erica are pretty much used to doing a lot of things together in person. And that's even outside of our brand. Um, we're, we usually hang out two to three times a month together. And then when we work together, we saw each other pretty much 24-7. Like, Erica low-key should have had a key to my apartment and put something on it. Okay? But. <laughs> you got the joke today, friend. I do. I'm funny today. But, uh, no, but for real. But I think. Um. I think for me, it's the only thing that's been difficult for me is just the human interaction that we that we're so used to playing off of each other. I think that, you know, we work best um, when we can see each other and when we're in the same room. I think we flow. I think we gel. I think that's why we're such great business partners. And I think that's why we're such great friends. But um, I will say um, I've definitely been sad that we haven't been able to, you know, be in the same room to do anything. But I really don't think, and this is me personally, I don't think that it has impacted our work. The only, Maybe the only thing is, like, I think that we're both just so, have so much on our plate mentally and emotionally and professionally and all that different stuff that sometimes, you know, we let our emails, you know, pile up a little bit or we take um, a little bit of time getting back to each other. Um, I think maybe that's been a little bit of a challenge, but I honestly think that me and Erica have such an open line of communication we're such good friends and we literally have the same vision for our brand and we're on the same page that it really has not impacted um our work ethic I think that we have had to be more intentional about setting aside time to discuss our business because I think that we took it for granted a lot that we are just used to being together and hanging out and doing some doing fun stuff and being in person what do you think yeah, I think it definitely has been a challenge because it's something different that we weren't, I don't want to say we weren't prepared for, but it was just something that we never thought of. I mean, honestly, we had discussed, like, for example, recording podcasts separately. Like, we knew that from time to time we may have to do that. But as far as, like, for example, when we did a collab, we had to come up with a creative way to do a collab but or to fulfill this collab agreement, but separately. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Just it just challenged us to think of more creative ways to get the project done, and so I think we've done great with doing that. It's just we um we kind of had to take the bull by the horns, if you know what I mean. Like we had to do it. Yeah. We just had to figure it out. Basically, is what we um did. But that also um lets us know how of a I feel like we work like a well oiled machine. If that makes. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, we, we pretty much when we have our like meetings about our content meetings or our creative meetings, we usually already hash everything out as far as who's doing what, when we're doing what, and when that's going up. So when we're hit with a challenge like this, especially with like pandemics and all that, like Shelby said, it hit us in all different types of ways. And so we just had a mutual understanding and it just takes a lot of communication and just figuring out step by step. And we decided that we weren't putting pressure on ourselves to like overdo it, you know? Um, And so I think we call it a challenge, but really it's just something that we worked through and we're doing fine with it. I honestly, um, obviously prefer being, doing things together, like, 
with each other like we normally do but sometimes you just have to adjust and make it work how it works um and this will be good for like future endeavors you know maybe we'll have to know how to figure it out like that so yeah you know I agree and I just think it made us just to add like one more thing to that I think it's made us even more um adaptable um to situations and people and responsive because um, I just feel like in general, the way of the world is ever changing. And I just guess that like, I'm always so proud of me and Erica for always doing what's best for us and our brand and being able to adapt and change. One thing that I can say is that like, we, I don't think we're necessarily set in our ways. I always think that we're open to communication. I think we over communicate, which is good. Um, but I think that our ability to adapt and respond to the situation and to the needs of ourselves personally and to our brand has really helped. Like, it wasn't, oh, man, we can't record because we can't be together. It's, oh, man, okay, we want to record, so what's the plan, Right. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, and I think that just really strengthens, A, our brand, B, our mission, and then C, um, and most importantly, our friendship, because nothing um, stays the same. Everything is over, ever-changing, and I think definitely in a partnership, you got to make sure that you are rocking with somebody that is as adaptable as you and that you're rocking with somebody that is going to get in the mud with you. I don't like the mud, but that's going to get down and dirty with you if like you needed them to. And I think that's important. And I think that's how we have been able to handle COVID. I think that's how we have been able to handle um, the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that's how we're going to be able to handle any and everything that comes our way. Because essentially, we have the foundation, we're on the same page, and we're always friends first. Exactly. I think, in the words of Ty, absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to get Ty on here, boy. Like, Ty is funny. I know. People are probably like, why they keep referencing Ty? <laughs> Y'all will know soon enough. Okay, so let's move on to our next segment, which is the mentor moment. And so this is where Shelby and I read a listener letter that was submitted to us, and then we give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica. During these times, for the first time in a, in a while, I have taken a lot of time for myself. Usually, I'm always the person everyone relies on from family to friends to co-workers, etc., constantly being pulled in several different directions. This time has forced me to say no to people that I would normally always say yes to. I have noticed some people have felt some type of way not being as accessible to me, uh, and I don't know how to handle that. Any suggestions? Am I wrong? Should I feel guilty, or am I doing the right thing? You know, the crazy thing is I was just talking um, about this similar thing to someone, one of my friends. First and foremost, um, it's really hard to be the strong person, the strong friend, the strong family member, the strong colleague. And Eric and I have both talked about this, and correct me if I'm wrong, friend, but in a lot of instances, me and Erica are always the strong person or the strong friend. And that's tiring to be labeled as that because I think a lot of times when people – put that label on you they disregard your feelings they disregard your emotions and they disregard your um right to be vulnerable you know and your right to be emotional all of those different things um so totally get that um I think you're definitely doing the right thing because I am a firm believer that you cannot pour into others and you cannot be the best version of yourself if you're empty and I feel like you have every single right to tell people no 
first and foremost, let me say this. I was thinking this today. I need people to normalize and understand that no is a full statement and a full sentence and is a statement that you can stand on. You don't always have to explain your no. Yeah. Like, we got to normalize not giving explanations for no sometimes. Like, sometimes I say no, and I want to give an explanation. I'm like, why, Shelby? You said no. It is what it is. It's the same in every language, okay? So everybody understands it. So let's not play like people don't understand it. So that's the first thing. We got to understand. normalize saying no and respect people's standards and boundaries, um, especially because a lot of times, especially if you're just an overachiever and wanting to please people, saying no hurts you more than it hurts them. And I just feel like when you say no and people try to coerce you into saying yes and people try to coerce you into explaining and people fall back from you and different things like that, whether it's friends or family, my question to them is, did you even care about, do you even care about me? Do you even love me? Do you even respect me? Do you respect my boundaries? Do you understand that I am struggling mentally or emotionally? If you are, do you understand that I need time for myself? Do you understand that what you're asking me does not fit me right now? It does not excel me. It does not benefit me. I literally can't. I am losing myself saying yes to you. And I think sometimes when these situations force us to look at the relationships and friendships in our life and ask ourselves, is this serving me? And I think a lot of times in these situations, we find out that people that we will ride for and do things for that can't even understand when we have to take time for ourselves is not a person that you need in your life or it's not a person that is for you like you thought. Because a lot of people love the access that they have to you. A lot of people love the things that you'll do for them and that you can do for them. Or, you know, they just like the ride and the thrill of who you are or what you can do. And sometimes we find that those aren't our people even though we think they are and I think sometimes um situations like this expose people's um true intentions um and it exposes how you really feel about them so I just think in this situation you really have to step back and evaluate the people and the relationships in your life um I don't think you're wrong and I don't feel like that you should feel guilty because I'm a strong proponent in doing what you got to do to make your acceptance to make yourself happy and to make yourself whole because if you're not you cannot help or do anything for anybody you cannot be there for anybody and I personally think this is just my personal opinion if somebody really loves you and rides for you like they say they do they should understand that no that you saying no is okay that you don't have to you can't be everything to everybody and I think that sometimes particularly women we try to be everything to everyone and we try to go above and we try to go above and beyond you know, for everybody else. But have you ever just sat back, Erica, and thought about who's going above and beyond for me? Yeah. Who's riding for me? Who's loving me? Who's asking me if I'm okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have to ask those questions and somebody is not reciprocating that, but they're expecting you to, then you have a problem. And no, you shouldn't feel guilty. And no, you're not crazy. You are absolutely correct. And sometimes the atmosphere that we're in now, you slowing down, makes you realize that you got to pull over and let some people out of your life. Yeah, I totally, I agree with what you're saying, your advice to this person, because I used to feel guilty about this. I used to have a real problem with saying no, and then also not only saying no, but like feeling like I owed an explanation for why I'm saying no. And like you were saying, you don't owe an explanation. Um, But I'm such a person that just loves to be there for everybody, but also it's, it was exhausting to me to where I realized that like, you can't say yes to everything. 
Like, you can't overcommit yourself to things because, like you said, you're not going to have energy to pour it back into yourself. And so I definitely feel like this person is doing the right thing by standing up for themselves and saying, you know what, no, I'm not going to be available or no, I, I can't talk today or no, I can't show up for you that day. Like, um, because it will get to a point where you start to become resentful of those family members or those coworkers or what, who, whoever is pulling you in those different directions. You'll start yeah. to resent it. And so I think if you just recognize what is causing you to feel um, feel this way and then like reevaluate like how can you balance it because I'm not saying that you gotta just cut everybody off but you need to make some time for yourself well it's just you like because this is personal like you have to do stuff for you nobody's yeah. gonna take care of you but yourself so right it, nobody's gonna look out for you like you look out for yourself so if you ain't even really looking out for yourself who do you think's looking out for you so um, I feel like there's absolutely no, nothing wrong with saying no. I feel like I still have sort of this problem. I, I'm, it's easier for me now to say it because I know what the result is when I never say no. And so yeah. I don't ever want to go back to that. So I just feel like it's nothing wrong with being that kind of person that wants to show up or wants to be in all these places, but you're only one person. You can't be everything to everybody. And then another important note is you have to watch what people do or how people act when you tell them no. That's everything you need to know about that relationship. Like you were saying, Shelby, like if those aren't the people that you really need to be around, if they make you feel some type of way about telling them no, but it will tell you, that that person was only really taking from you. I yeah. feel like you need people that are huge givers need more people around that are givers as well. Yeah, I you definitely agree. I'm a giver and giving, 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 and people taking, taking, taking to where I have nothing left. So I definitely can relate to this. And yes, you're doing the right thing. And no, don't feel guilty. You know, put yourself first in these kind of circumstances. Yeah. So, my advice so if any of you have a question that you want us to read during our mentor moment send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our dms at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore so we'll uh, move on to our last segment of the day which is words of encouragement so this is where we read a bible verse and then we'll leave you with a prayer So this Bible verse is from Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is confident in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. So a very simple verse, but it means so much um, about faith. And to me, it's like we have faith is faith cannot be something that is fickle. I feel like when we get into our feelings that's fickle, we it messes with our faith. Like, well, God, I don't feel, you know, this way, so I don't feel all warm and fuzzy inside about, you know, having faith in this situation. But faith is such a trial, and it's a lot of ups and downs, and it's a lot of lessons learned. When you when you are really when you really have your faith tested, 
Like, can you really believe and can you really have the confidence to hope for something that you just absolutely can't see? Especially when yeah. you see everything in your circumstances that show you the opposite of what you believe in for. Yeah. That's where true faith comes in. Um, and I always use the reference of why is it that we we go outside, we can't see the oxygen in the air, but we still have faith to breathe it. You know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing with faith. It's like we can't see it, but we need to still have the faith to believe it. Yeah. So that's what it means to me. What do you what do you think, Toby? Yeah, I definitely agree with what you say um, about faith and different things like that. And I know for me, like sometimes I was just talking about this with some of my um, other friends about how in this season, faith is so hard because we cannot see the outcome. You know what I mean? We don't really know what's happening. We don't know how things are going to be resolved or dealt with or how people are going to be held accountable. We don't. Um, And sometimes, and I think that that allows us to lose, lose hope. But I think that when you hold tight to your faith, that faith gives you hope. Faith gives you something to believe in. Faith gives you something to brighten your day and to make you more, um, and to make you less heavy if that makes sense. But essentially, I think about it like this. Faith is when the rubber meets the road. Either you have it or you don't. And I don't, and I think that your faith is going to go in and out of being strong, kind of like a cell phone tower, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that's normal and I think that's human because if we're being honest, we're all on a faith journey and we're all at different points of faith each and every day. But I think the true test and where the rubber meets the mold, like I said, is if even when you can't see the final picture, are you going to have a mustard seed of faith to believe that God is going to come through? Are you going to have a mustard seed of faith to know that God's will will prevail? Are you going to have a mustard seed of faith not to worry and to let anxiety and to let, you know, whatever you're dealing with go and to let God handle it? Because we can't see the big picture. We can only see what we can see. But when I think about faith, I think about things that I can't see. I think about things that I don't know about. I think about things that I can't even fathom. But I think when you have faith, it makes things more possible. I think when you have faith, it makes God more attainable to you and his will and what's going to happen and what's going to occur. And I think that, and I'm sorry, my Alexis started talking, but (laughs) I think it comes down. I think faith really just comes down to having a mustard seed of hope, a mustard seed of belief, a mustard seed of, you know, genuine knowledge that God is going to come through in his time and his will and his way and us releasing what that looks like by the worldly standards and accepting that by godly standards. That is a perfect explanation, Shelby. Like, I just don't even know what else to say <laughs> besides prayer. So, <laughs> um, why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes, and lead us? I'll lead us on out in prayer. So, dear God, we thank you for this day, and we just want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for always being true to your word and true to what the Bible says. We ask that every listener under the sound of our voices today has the strength to continue to believe, believe in you, believe in their dreams, believe in what is on their heart, and that you renew their mind and that you renew their spirit to continue this faith journey or this faith walk with you, and that you show them confirmation this week of something that maybe they've been hoping for, praying for, 
asking for, and we know that you will come through in your perfect timing. And we just thank you for being the good God that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.